I'm Lynette Zhang, Chief Market Analyst here at ITM Trading, a full service physical gold and silver dealer, but really specializing in those custom strategies. Because if you don't really understand, I mean, hey, you guys know, what's my favorite question? How many times can you be lied to when you do not know the truth? And a lot of people are being lied to quite a bit right now without really knowing the truth. So let's just start there with investors. We're just, we're going to do headline news today and then some questions too, but investors embraced big risks in a wild quarter for trading. And we've been talking about the insanity of all of these markets, but if there is a unifying theme, it is that investors big and small showed no fear of risk taking to start 2021. No, because you've got the federal reserve saying whatever it takes, we're just going to keep printing money and supporting these markets. But I love this one too. If, if this stuff is not an indication that we've, I mean, what, what can I tell you? Because I cannot control the markets, but what I can tell you is I am seeing a pattern. The know nothings running with the bulls. Traders are boasting about their own cluelessness. Okay. I'm just going to go here. This isn't a bull market or a bear market. It's a know nothing market. Bragging rights used to go to those investors who worked the hardest at learning the most. Now the lore, the glory often goes to those who know the least and don't even care. That has turned the traditional investing hierarchy upside down, although it probably won't last. Yeah, think? I don't care what the mm, I'm doing, a young man said in a TikTok video in January. I just know that I'm making money. He added that he'd been trading stocks for only three days, but just like that made 300 bucks for the day. In the next few weeks, that young man, Danny Tran, racked up roughly 500,000 followers on TikTok. At the Wall Street Bets forum on Reddit, the online chat community comments like, I can't read and I have no idea what I'm doing are common. Oh, all right, you tell me, right? Is that an investment or is that a speculation? And oh, by the way, where in the world do you hold your wealth? Because if you hold it inside of these fiat money markets, and this is what's determining, well, obviously it's the free money that's really determining the height of the market. But when you see naive public start to jump into these markets in that way, it, it, this is something that always happens before a major market crash, because it's based upon the liquidity and what's all this TikTok and the, and the um, wall street bets running on those stimulus checks. We've talked about this from the government and the re and the uh, federal reserve. But along with that, I want to go to the Archegos and I'm going to do something Archegos. I'm not saying this right. I'm going to be doing something more in depth on this next week because we really need to look at this in a much deeper level so that you can actually see what's going on. I just didn't have time to finish pulling it together. I'm sorry, but losses show risks of family offices, enormous losses, 
I can't talk today. I'm so sorry. Enormous losses at Archigo's Capital Management have cast a rare spotlight on the growing influence of below-the-radar institutions around the globe called family offices. These firms, which manage huge piles of wealth for individuals or families, are proving to be increasingly important to the financial system. Just 121 of the largest single-family offices represent an estimated net worth of $142.4 billion. Uh, let's see, 69% of these offices were established since 2000. Now, what has also happened since 2000 has been a massive consolidation in the banking sector in all of the different sectors. And also technology has grown, in, obviously, in relevance and importance as well. The shift in behavior has raised concerns on Wall Street and might have contributed to la- might have contributed to last week's liquidation of more than 30 billion of positions held by them. Now here's the piece that we're going to go over in depth next week because much of that position was based upon derivative bets. And so they were liking likening what happened here with long-term capital management, which was the first derivative implosion that had to be bailed out. Now you're going to say, but the markets don't look that bad. Well, we have not yet seen the full fallout from this debacle. That's what we're going to talk about next week. And I'm, and you're going to hear it from Wall Street's words as well. Now on another level of insanity, I have to tell you, so there's your, there's your stock and your bond markets. Home price surge hits 15-year high. Across the country, housing prices are climbing at the fastest pace in 15 years because of a tight supply of homes. Two closely watched indicators released. Well, so why is there such a tight supply of homes? People aren't selling homes or I don't know. How about the mortgage and rental moratoriums? How about that? So the lifting of the moratoriums have been postponed, but can they postpone it indefinitely? No. And what's going to happen once all of those moratoriums are lifted and those homes start to become foreclosed on? That's going to take a minute to walk through the system, but these real estate prices will not remain this elevated. The stock prices will not remain this elevated. You really have to look at how you are positioned. And if you're going to remain in these areas, look, as far as real estate goes, you know, you've got to have a house to live on and maybe even a home to bug out to. Those are good things, but to speculate on, and you may, and and please listen to me on this. You really need to make sure that you have your gold set aside that can take care of any mortgage balance that you have on that property when the time is right. Because that is really critical. Now, there are there's a question here that I wanted to uh, discuss because it came through and it made sense. And it was when I was uh, on with Kevin the other day. She states, meaning me, 
that we no longer have a capitalist economy, but rather a fascist economy. I wonder if you could ask her to elaborate on that. Uh, and this is from one of our uh, from one of our consultants, Donna, and his name is Harry. And I will I will definitely comment on that because a fascist regime prioritizes corporations above all else. And while capitalism also seems to do that, that's not really true because in a true capitalist economy, if you fail, you don't get bailed out. But in a fascist regime, you would get bailed out. And there have been a tremendous amount of bailouts that have been going on for a long time, but particularly since 2008. That's why we have the rise of the zombie corporations. And those, for those that are new to this channel, those are corporations that for at least three years have not earned enough to cover their interest payments, forget about any of the principal payments. And because the banks don't want to show those losses on their books, they loan them more money so they can make those interest payments. Now, part of you has to be asking yourself, how long can that continue? Well, as long as the Fed is pumping free money into the system, obviously a lot longer than you would suspect. But can they do this permanently? And that would be no. So while they have the ability to do this, while they have the ability to let this insanity continue and suppress the price of both gold and silver, which we know they're doing because a rising gold price is an indication of a failing fiat currency, then you and I should be taking advantage of it. I can tell you I'm taking advantage of it, just like the global central bankers are taking advantage of it. I think you should too. And the, we'll be doing more uh, full Q&A next week, but uh, Sari sent over from KM. I am self-employed and I have a large tax liability this year. My tax man suggested that I set up a defined benefit plan. I could set it up with myself as the trustee and I can hold collectible gold in the plan. I have a 401k plan and he says that, that uh, if the current plan document does not allow for gold, it can be easily amended to allow for gold. Also, I might have to set up a separate 401k. The defined benefit plans generally do not well work well with rollovers like that because of IRS limits. And also, I, I don't think that they really meant defined benefit because in that, then the corporations are responsible for whatever that benefit is. This is a more defined contribution. So a DC plan, I think they might have just misunderstood. Although, no, suggested that I set up a defined benefit plan. Okay, well, we'll, we'll come back to that in a second. Uh, the defined benefit plans generally do not work well with rollovers like that because of IRS limits and it makes things too messy administratively. Keeping a separate 401k is the way to go. Okay. I have to say that I'm, that 
it's pretty normal for most most you know typical people to not understand the difference between all of these things that they're talking about here. So I need to clarify that to begin with. In here, she's talking about a 401k versus a defined benefit plan. Well, a defined benefit plan is a pension plan. Therefore, it is not a 401k plan. In a defined benefit plan, the whatever you're, you make the corporation and or the individual, but mostly the corporation, can make deposits of a certain amount and then choose the investments. But what they're doing is they are guaranteeing what that payout will be down the road. So that's a pension plan. A 401k plan is a defined contribution plan. And the risk is borne by who by the employee, not the employer. So two completely different things. I see, I never read these questions before I go on air. I probably should have in this case. However, so a 401k shifts the risk, right? Defined benefits have been around since the 50s. They came out to inspire employees to go to a corporation and stay there. And so back in the day, people would do that and they'd, they'd be at the same place for 30 years. But that started to shift in the 70s. In the early 70s, they came out with, with uh, IRAs. That shifted the risk to whoever opened up the IRA, so the investor, not the corporation. And then they came up with 401ks, and that defines the contribution, not the benefit. So you put money into that 401k, and you can make your investments in there, and then by the time you're ready to take a distribution from it down the road, you know, the hope is, is that they've grown and the way the system is set up. And one of the big reasons why the Federal Reserve has been goosing the markets is because of all of the defined benefit pension plans, as well as the defined corporate, corporate um, the defined contribution plans. So let me, I'm going to have to relook at this, make sure that they're asking me the right question that they're actually trying to tell me. But so give me, two, give, just give me two seconds. And, and uh, also might have to set up keeping a separate way to go. We will need the 401k at some point to roll over defined benefit money. You cannot do defined benefit money. Um, you can't roll a pension plan into a 401k can't do that. They're two separate, they're two separate beasts. Uh, let's see, when the defined ben benefit plan is no longer useful or is fully funded. My brain says, okay, so here's the point of all of that. Here's the point. I'm so sorry. My brain says that it would be great to save on the taxes, but my instinct is screaming no, looking to you for some sage advice. Okay. Well, number one, you definitely need to know the difference between defined benefit and a defined contribution because those are two different beasts. But if you're asking uh, that whether or not you should do it in order to save on the taxes, then you have to also ask yourself a few key questions. Number one, the advantage of those plans is to grow your wealth in a tax advantaged way, not tax free, 
And they set it up in that way so that when you would look at the balance, you would say, oh, look at I have $100,000 in there. And then when it was time to take, if you wanted to take, say, a lump sum distribution, then you look at the tax consequences. And what most people say is, oh, man, I do not want to pay those taxes. Well, you do you think taxes are going down? That would be a no, because all of this fiscal stimulus that the government's doing, the infrastructure bill, all of the new COVID relief bill that they just passed. I mean, who's going to pay for that? They're not spending, government does not spend government's money. They spend taxpayer money. So taxes are going up. Now, additionally, if you have it inside of any of these plans, that means you don't hold it. And what do we know about that? We know that that is all counterparty risk because if you don't hold it, you don't own it. So personally, I had a SEP IRA and I made the choice when we hit the third phase when it comes to the dollar, I was no longer comfortable holding any wealth inside, more than I had to, frankly, inside of the system. So I made the choice to take my distribution then. Paid my taxes, even had some penalties on that. So what? It's fiat. I don't really care about that. What I care about is that I have my principal and my purchasing power is absolutely intact. So I converted everything. I still have a retirement plan, but I control it. It's out of the system. I've paid my taxes on what was in the system. So that's a big part of it. Plus, if it's inside there, it's easier to confiscate. Now, if you are like me and 100% know that both gold and silver are severely undervalued at these price levels because the price has been suppressed for so long, well, what would you rather pay your taxes on as well? The lower prices or the higher prices when you take the distribution? And then you run a risk of whether or not you can actually take a distribution because they can always change the laws and the rules. And that's exactly what they do. They don't change behavior. Desperate governments do desperate things. So this week I was on with Neil McCoy Ward on his channel and the interview will be out this weekend but we covered two significant and key topics, universal basic income and central banks, digital currencies. Next week, I'm really excited about this because this is, this is different. They probably saw the interview I did with Jake Ducey, which if you haven't seen that, it was on February 17th. I love prosperity, but they probably saw that. So I'm going to be on Spiritually Inspired with Claudio Morgan. And um, it'll be really interesting. Uh, who knows? There might be more personal stuff that comes out. I mean, if you guys ask me a question, I'm going to answer you. Most likely, I'm going. If it gets too personal, maybe I won't. But um, so it'll be interesting to see what he's going to ask me then. But again, we now have a podcast. 
So you can listen to it on your favorite podcast platform anytime, anywhere, without interruption. And you want to be paying attention to that because we have some surprises in store for you on our podcast. And I'm really excited about it because this is something that I've been um, wanting to get done. We've all been wanting to get it done for a number of years. So if you like this, please give us a thumbs up. If you haven't already, subscribe, hit that bell next to it. We'll let you know when we go live. And as always, you want to share, share, share. So no doubt about it, totally time to cover your assets. And here at ITM Trading, we do that with the Wealth Shield, which is made up of physical gold, physical silver, as a foundation, because that's real money in this fake imitation world that is being so sorely abused. Yeah, I want to, you know, definitely be with the guys, mm, the know-nothings are running with the bulls. Yeah, that makes me feel comfortable.